Okay, well, good morning, church. I tell you, we're here again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and I love it. Some of you ask about our drive from Fresno and about the fog, and uh, we we ran into a little fog after we left Modesto. It wasn't too bad, and it accompanied us all the way, Uh, but we still were able to drive 55 and 60 and sometimes 65 without being in any special danger, and so we're grateful for that. We had another visit this morning, didn't we, from Pastor Carlos. Uh, My, he looks handsome as as a centurion in the Roman army. And uh, it makes me think about, you know, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. We hardly ever sing that in churches anymore. Most of the churches that I go to are are into contemporary style singing and we don't get into the hymn book very much. We don't sing any of the, the old hymns like we used to. Uh, they call them throwback songs. <laughs> we had a funeral service at our church Friday, and uh, the lady that uh, went to be with the Lord was a wonderful, wonderful Christian lady, almost 87 years of age, and, and I told the people that uh, she loved the throwback songs. And so we talked about some of the blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And we talked to, even about the old, time religion and uh, you know I even had them sing the song at the funeral service old time religion and they got with it they got with it uh, lots of gray hair and uh, and quite a few no hairs and uh, and and you know uh, we we were out out there in our in, in in our full regalia you know I mean really dressed up and many of them were dressed up for Christmas and um, and I noticed this morning lots of red in the congregation today. we uh, uh, Christmas is getting closer to us all the time. Uh, Brother Carlos, whenever he was here, mentioned with the choir members about doing the push-ups. It isn't going to happen. You know? <laughs> we have a lady in our church that says, if God would, would have wanted us to bend down and touch our toes, he would have put our toes on our knees. And uh, I, I kind of agree with that at this time in my life. Uh, and, and then Brother Carlos mentioned about the young people, about the youth, uh, the, the youth being the youth of the youth and you all understand that don't you You know why that God doesn't give old people babies because he knows that they would put them down and forget where they left them and it, uh, so we're, we're always glad to see the young people in, in the services and then you mentioned that we're finishing up studying the book of Hebrews and uh, now most of you know that Hebrews is, is the book in the Bible that says that the husband is to make the coffee because it says he brews and uh, so uh, I get that job at our house and I have to make the coffee and take the bed while she's still in bed and incidentally guys if you want to stay on the good side of your wife and in good graces all the time that's a good thing to do because she returns the favor <laughs> and and I like to return favors well I could just go on like this over and over again but um, we're thinking about Christmas 
You know, everywhere I go, I'm hearing Christmas songs. I'm seeing Christmas lights. Uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying the Christmas cheer. This, To me, this is the best time of the year. I love it from Thanksgiving all the way up to New Year's. I just, I, I, I love this time. And, of course, I love every day. You know, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Um, we, you, you know, you wake up of a morning and say, Good morning, Lord. Uh, that's better than saying, Good Lord morning you know uh, wake up in and have a cheerful heart this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it and then just determine ahead of time you know nobody likes a grouch you know somebody asked me one time did you wake up uh, asked bev they asked bev one time did you wake up grouchy this morning she said no i got up and let him sleep and uh uh, you know i we we don't want to be grouchy we want we want to be pleasant all of the time and so i love this time of year I love the Christmas carols. Uh, I, I love the cheerfulness. I love the smiles. I love the greetings. I love the jingle bells. I love the Christmas trees and the holly and the tinsel and the wrapping paper and the parties and the family get-togethers and the meals and the gifts. And I even wish for a little bit of snow. Now, I don't want very much snow because I've seen what happened back there in the east and I don't want that much. Uh, but I'd like to see a little snow. In Fresno, it happened once while we lived there but it melted about the time it hit the ground <laughs> and so we don't we don't get much of that i don't know if you ever get snow here but it probably doesn't happen very often uh, we're fortunate here in california and not to be in a place to where we get a lot of snow and we don't have to do a lot of shoveling for that well i i, I like to hear burl ives sing especially the song have a holly jolly christmas uh, some of the lyrics say have a holly jolly christmas and when you walk down the street say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet i love that that's that's what we ought to do the song has a catchy tune it brings out the cheerfulness that you ought to feel not only at christmas time but all year and all life long you know, don't look, don't walk around looking like a, 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 a an accident trying to find a place to happen. You know, put a smile on your face and, and just enjoy people. Now today, and for the next two Sundays, I'll be preaching about Christmas and its significance. Uh, today, uh, we'll be talking about the prepositions of Christmas. Uh, next week, the Lord willing, I'll be talking about the re- Reason for the season. And then uh, uh, for the third Sunday, I'm going to be preaching a message on history's greatest happening. And I may, uh, I may even call the message the cradle that rocked the world. Uh, we're going to be thinking about the birth of Christ and the significance of it. And then the last Sunday of this year, I plan to be preaching a message that I've entitled Burning Hearts for a New Year. We need to get our hearts on fire for the Lord. And as we look forward to 2015 to make it the best year that we've ever had for Jesus and for ourselves and for our church and for our community and for our world. Um, You know, we're being attacked 
on every side nowadays. I mean, the news media attacks us, those of us that are Christians, those of us that believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the only Savior of the world. We're we're being attacked, and we're going to have to come back and show the world that Jesus Christ makes a significant difference in our lives. Uh, And we need to put Christianity on public display, and we need to learn to live out the values that we say that we believe in. And so we're going to be looking at the prepositions of Christmas today. And I'm sure that every young person uh, could tell us what a preposition is. But for the benefit of some of us older ones who have perhaps uh, forgotten our grammar, let me give you a quick definition of a preposition. A preposition in the English language is a part of speech, a relation word that connects a noun, a pronoun, or a noun phrase to another element of a sentence. So a preposition is usually called a connecting word. Now when Brother Roger uh, earlier talked to you, about this little about this little paper that he wants you to put your name on and if you have a prayer request or if you have a a need to write that down so that we can pray for you this is a connection paper we want to connect with you the only way that the church and especially the church office the pastor and the deacons have of knowing what your needs are is if you fill out one of these this is not only for the guests that are with us. This is for the members of the church. Uh, Write down your needs. Write down your requests and and share them so that the church leaders can be remembering you in specific ways as, as they think about you and pray for you. Dr. Uh, Dr. Cho, uh, who was a longtime pastor and maybe still is over in Seoul, Korea, uh, the largest church in the world at the time that I visited there. Uh, they, they had seven services every Sunday and the services consisted of about 30,000 in all of the, each service. Uh, plus they had home groups going on. This was a church back at that time that had over a million, uh, members in. Can, can you imagine, Brother Roger, a million members? And uh, Dr. Cho was always talking about when you pray, pray for specific things. And so he was praying he needed a bicycle, and he wanted a bicycle, and he prayed for a bicycle, a bicycle, a bicycle. He didn't get it. Finally, he was he, he just said, Lord, I've been praying about this for months now, and you haven't given me a bicycle. What's wrong? And the Lord communicated to his spirit that, well, you haven't told me what kind of bicycle and what color you want. And so he got specific about his prayer and told the Lord what kind of bicycle he wanted, what color he wanted, and uh, yeah, the, the kind of tires. I mean, everything about it. He And he got it. <laughs> and he got it. Now, Pastor Jack Hiles, who used to be at First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana, at one time, uh, he happened to mention from the pulpit, and this was a large church, several thousand, you know, and, and uh, he mentioned from the pulpit, you know, I, I haven't had a time to uh, get out and, and shop and everything, but I uh, I need a new pair of shoes and I just haven't gotten out to, to get them. And this was on a Sunday morning service. And some of the people knew the size shoe that he had. And when he came back that night, 30 pairs 
pairs of shoes were on the altar for him. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, things like that happen? Well, uh, we're, we're thinking about the prepositions of, of, of Christmas, and uh, I, I don't give you the definition that I've given you today because I intend to teach a class in English grammar. Uh, rather, I give to you, and I give it to you today because I want to speak to you on this special, unique, uh, peculiar subject: the prepositions of Christmas, the prepositions of the incarnation. You see, it's my first belief that the real meaning, the true beauty, the marvelous power, and the great glory of the Christmas story are told, are revealed, and are emphasized in these little connecting words that we find in the gospel stories of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. You'll notice merely by reading that Every account of the coming of Christ into the world, whether it be the prophetic fulfilling sentences in Matthew's gospel, or whether it be the elaborate and familiar account found in Luke's gospel, or perhaps the beautifully mysterious words of Jesus um, that are clear that that clearly teach that uh, Christmas is the first advent of our Lord given to us by the Apostle John, the incarnation was for the purpose of connecting the world and God and to make possible the proper relationship between God and his creation. Now remember when we talk about the incarnation, listen, we're talking about deity manifesting himself in diapers. We're talking about the creator being laid into a cradle. We're talking about the sovereign God in, in uh, lying on a bed of straw. We're talking about the master of everything laying in a manger. I mean, it's, it's enough to boggle our minds. It, it's enough to grip your heart and shake you really good and say, you better pay attention to this because this is telling us how much God loves us and what he was willing to do. Down from his glory, ever living story, our God and Savior came and Jesus was his name, born in a manger to his own, a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears and agony. We ought to be able to say, oh, how I love him, how I adore him. My God, my Savior, the great creator became my Savior. Uh, we ought to be able to sing that and just give glory to God. And so I want to talk about that today. Uh, these holy men of God that wrote the, the, the gospels that we have the privilege of reading uh, in every account of the coming of Christ, whether it be uh, those prophetic sentences or whether it, whether it be some new revelation of God, they gave to us uh, a wonderful, wonderful, precious treasure. And we ought to read that word every day of our lives and commit it to our hearts and even, even try to uh, memorize some verses. And so these men give to us some of the connecting things. I, you know, I, I, I heard a story about a, a little boy and 
he was watching the sunset. And, and you know, children are curious. He watched the sunset and then he got to thinking, where did the sun go? What does it do? Where is it when the sun set? And he went to bed thinking about that. And he thought and thought and he thought and he thought and he wondered and he wondered and he wondered. The whole night long he didn't sleep just thinking about that, wondering. Well, what? where does the sun go? And then real early in the morning it dawned on him. Now, folks, it's going to take you a little while to catch that. <laughs> it's, it, you know, just wait. It, it comes around, you know. Just think about it just for a little while. Well, I want us to have it to dawn on us today what God has done for us in sending us his son. The Bible says the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And so we, we ought to know that. Well, the first thing I want us to see in Matthew's Gospel, I want us to see the little preposition with God with us. God with us. Let me read the passage from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was bestowed to Joseph, was betrothed, to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. This is a wonderful passage of scripture. God will bless it to our lives this morning. And I want us to just keep it, keep tuned to, to that. You'll notice that uh, the scripture says there in the 23rd verse, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. God with us. In this first chapter of Matthew, uh, verses 22 and 23, we have the startling statement then that, that Mary was going to give birth to a child and he would be God with us. He would be known as Emmanuel. Emmanuel is the, uh, is the word in the Old Testament and the New Testament that means God with us. And you, if you will notice, uh, the, the preposition, the little connecting word with, with. Uh, 
Oh, there, there's great depth and meaning revealed in this little four-letter word, with us. We could take all of our time this morning and just think upon that one word. God with us. God in our midst. God saying uh, to us, do not be afraid, my children. I am with you. God with us. Removing fear from our lives. God walking beside us. Go on your way, my child, God is saying to us accomplish your tasks knowing that I am with you. The, you know, the Old Testament talks about Enoch, uh, the seventh from Adam, and Enoch walked with God. And it says also of Noah, the great-grandson of Enoch, en- that Noah walked with God. God is with us. Uh, and for us to know that, it takes the fear out of death. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to walk around uh, uh, cowering and wondering what's going to happen. God is with us. First of all, He's with us in the incarnation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19 says that is uh, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. You see, God was in Christ. God is with us in Christ. God has a face and he, we can see him. Uh, it is Jesus. If, if Jesus indicated to his uh, disciples, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. If you want to know what, what the Father looks like, you see Jesus. He's a perfect representative, the perfect image, the, 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 the perfection of God in human flesh. God in human flesh, identifying himself with us. Uh, And that's why the songwriter said, Down from his glory, ever living story, our God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. Uh, Hallelujah! What a Savior! God is with us. And then he's not only with us in the incarnation, he's with us as we walk through life. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. When the Bible says to walk in Him, it is telling us to live that kind of life. Let Jesus Christ be your life on display. For to me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Uh, we don't have to worry. We're putting Christ on display. He's, he, Christ is in us and we're walking in Him. We're living in Him. We're demonstrating in Him. We're putting on display what it is to know the Lord. And then He's with us till the end of the ages. Uh, nearly 150 times... Matthew uses the word with, with, with. God is with us. The psalmist, centuries before, caught this glorious meaning of the incarnation as we hear him in his familiar words say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23 and verse 4. And so God is with us. God is with us in the valleys of life. God is with us in the shadow 
shadows of life. God is with us in the sorrows of life. God is with us in the trials of life. God is with us in the difficulties of God uh, of life. God is with us in the disappointments of life. God is with us and he's promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. Matthew carries this meaning of the incarnation throughout his gospel with uh, with us. God is with us, with us. And he brings his uh, marvelous gospel to a close uh, in the 28th chapter whenever he tells his disciples, and that means you and me, go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the age. Amen. Matthew Gospel chapter 28 verses 19 and 20. And the writer of the book of Hebrews says to us as he concludes his matchless contribution to our inspired, infallible, and inerrant word of God, the Bible, he says, let your conversation or your manner of life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Chapter 13 and verse 5. And so God has promised to be with us, never to leave us or forsake us. We don't need to fear. We don't need to worry. We don't need to walk around at like a, a puzzle that needs to be solved. We are walking in the Lord. And so have you caught the meaning of the first, the, the, the first meaning of Christmas? That God is with us. And so I'm, I'm asking you, has he been born in you? Is he with you? Can you say from the bottom of, of your heart, he is my savior. I know him and he is with me. Now, he wants to be with you. He will be with you. He's promised to be with you. That's why he came and he is God with us. The second thing I want us to know is that from Luke's gospel, now I'm not going to be turning to each one and reading long passages, but I'm giving you Luke chapter 2 and verse 11. Unto us a Savior is born. Unto us a Savior is born. Luke 2, 11. For there is born to or unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. <clears throat> you see... Mark begins his gospel with the earthly ministry of Jesus and he doesn't give us an account of the birth of Christ. So we hurry on to Luke's writings and here we find the most elaborate, the, the most familiar and perhaps the best loved account of the coming of God's dear son into the world to connect God and man. And what little preposition or connecting word is Luke going to use? Well, Luke the physician is going to take the words that describe the process with which he is most familiar, that is birth. And so Luke goes to that moment and to that spot on the Judean hillsides when the angel of the Lord appears to the lowly shepherds and with eternal glory shining round about him announces to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people for unto you 
you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, where is our preposition? Well, where is our connecting word that, that will join God and man? And here it is. To or unto you. A Savior is born. A Savior is born to or unto us. In the Old Testament, we hear the command again and again and again. Return unto me. Return unto me. Throughout the Old Testament, we hear that constant invitation of God. The constant command of God to man. Saying, return unto me. Through Samuel, God said, if you do return Turn unto the Lord with all your hearts, He will deliver you. First Samuel chapter 7 and verse 3. Isaiah cried out and said, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 7. The prophet of Tekoa, that old man Amos, that great prophet, uh, he cries again and again and again, yonder in the fourth chapter of his book, he says, return, return, return. Let me quote, and yet you have not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And so Amos is commanding and begging the people to return, and yet they didn't return, the Bible says. Well, the New Testament truth is that God comes unto us. Man didn't return unto God, but God comes to us in the person of Christ. And that's the wonderful thing about it. When we can't or when we won't return to God, God comes to us in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because He wants us to know Him. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to have an eternal home. God wants to bless us. And He wants us to walk in truth. And He wants to be proud of us. And so we have our connection word. This is the Christmas message. This is the glorious pur- purpose of the incarnation. Man, because of his sin, cannot come unto God the way that God wants him to and says, return, return, return. But God comes to man in the person of Jesus Christ. There is born unto you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And Luke uses this preposition throughout his gospel more than three. 350 times. I was amazed when I went back and studied and and said, wow, here is a man that is saying that the Lord has come unto us. And he says it over and over. He emphasizes, he uses that little word a lot, unto, unto, unto. And then the Apostle Paul borrows that same word under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And so unto, 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 God brings us unto himself. And and today it's still true. Man often wants to uh, so much to come unto God. And yet because of his sin, he's too proud to humble himself. But God comes to 
man in the person of Christ and God woos and God calls and the Holy Spirit moves and finally we come to the place to where we say oh God I know I'm a sinner I know I'm separated from you oh God thank you for sending Jesus Christ thank you Jesus for dying on that cross for me thank you Jesus for rising from the dead thank you Jesus for offering me eternal life by trusting you and today I turn from my sins and I put my trust and faith in you Jesus and that's when you're born again I had a Mormon lady ask me just last week well what does it mean to be born again and I explained it to her and she said well I think I've been born again and I said well whenever you're born again you won't think you'll know you'll know listen if you hadn't didn't know it you might lose it and never miss it whenever God saves you he saves you forever and you know it you know I know that Beverly is my wife you know how I know because we stood before the preacher and the preacher said Monty will you have Bev to be your wife and I said yes and he said Bev will you have Monty to be your husband she said yes I was there when it happened she was there when it happened and he said I pronounce you husband and wife now he didn't say I pronounce you man and wife I was a man before I you know before all he had to do is say I I pronounce you husband and wife Uh, not a man I was already a man Uh, I was a young man Uh, I mean I was 19 and she was 18 and we're just two kids thought we knew everything didn't know anything been 62 years learning (laughs) it gets better all the time by the way well God is with us and he has come unto us but then John what does John say what is his connecting word Uh, what is he going to tell us about uh, the Lord Jesus and so he says in John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made he came unto his own and his own received him not but to them that received him to them gave he power to become the children of God and in the 14th verse he says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth and so the word was made flesh and dwelt among us according to John 1 14 among 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 means in the company of surrounded by included with from place to place in and John uses this word about 30 times in his gospel letting us know that he is among us and it's beautifully and wonderfully uh, presented to us so John's preposition is among 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 God is among us he's in our midst it's a revealing word it, it means in the company of it means surrounded by it means included with it means from place to place in uh, Is this not the true meaning of Christmas? God dwells among us. Uh, And this is a great truth that we need to understand and gather to ourselves. God dwells among us. This is the message that's needed today by humanity's wandering and wayward masses. Have you noticed that the atheists are at it again? They're advertising and saying, you know, don't make me want to go to church at Christmas time. I'm too old to believe in fairy tales anymore yeah can 
you imagine? I tell you, uh, for for a person to be an atheist, that he's going to have to say, uh, I know everything. If he says there's no God, oh, you say there's no God. You you must know everything. Well, no, I don't think you know an atheist would say I I don't know everything. Well, would it be would it be granting you uh, a favor if I said you know half of everything there is to know? Oh, yeah, that would be a big grant. Well, is it possible in the half that you don't know that God exists and you just don't know about it? Oh, yeah. Well, that moves you from being an atheist to an agnostic. Now, there are two kind of agnostics. Well, what kind? Well, there's an honest one and a dishonest one. Are you an, an honest one? Well, what does it mean to be honest? It means you don't know, but you're willing to search and find out what the truth is. You see... Uh, one that doesn't know and one that's not honest will say, I don't want to know. I'm just making statements. Uh, folks, find out the facts. Study the facts and believe the truth and get right with God. That's what I say to the atheists. Well, uh, John ends his gospel and he talks about the resurrection and on the evening of the day of the resurrection Jesus appeared to his disciples in the upper room the doors being closed uh, here he is uh, the, our, our blessed Lord the Bible says in John chapter 20 and verse 19 then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst or among and said unto them peace be unto you so God is among us God is among us he's present with us he comes unto us and so we have beheld the prepositions of Christmas this morning there's a lot more that I'd like to say to you about the prepositions of Christmas there's a lot more that I'd like to say to you about why Jesus came but I'm going to be saying those things next Sunday and the following Sunday, uh, I want to say to you this morning, though your sins be red like crimson, though they be, uh, though though your sins uh, be red like crimson, and and, um, though though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, you can know the Lord God. You can know God in His fullness. You can know God in the experience of salvation. We're not alone. Now, how do you come to know God? Well, there's one other preposition that I haven't talked about and that's the preposition in in you see uh, the, the Bible teaches us that in order to be right with God we have to be in Christ this is the essential preposition that connects you with God in Christ um, the Bible says in Colossians 1 27 Christ in you is the hope of glory the hope of glory if you want to if, if you want to go on to glory if you want to go to heaven you got to have christ in you and if any person is in jesus christ he's a new creation old things pass away and all things become new second corinthians 5 17 and so uh, that's why he says that we are to receive him uh, he wants to be born in you he wants to have his birth in you just like he was born in bethlehem he can be born in you spiritual birth and it comes by making a decision for him how do you get saved just like i told the 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 mormon lady you have to acknowledge that you're a sinner you have to acknowledge that jesus christ is the son of god the only savior of the world that he shed his blood for
for you. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That he was resurrected. You have to believe that Jesus Christ not only died, but he resurrected. And so he's a living Savior. And you invite him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your life by prayer. And if we confess him as our Savior and Lord, the Bible says, as many as call upon him, to them he gave the authority to become the children of God. If you've not yet done that, Christ wants to make his home in your heart today. And I invite you to put your trust and faith in him. Would you bow your head for a moment of prayer? He's only a prayer away. But you must be sincere in offering that prayer. You must be willing to repent of your sins. You must be willing to give God control of your life. And when you do, Jesus Christ will be your Savior. Perhaps there are some folks here that need to make that decision. Perhaps all of us need to recommit ourselves to Jesus and let the prepositions of Christmas be real in our lives. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation and give you an opportunity to come and make your commitment to Jesus Christ this morning. And if you, uh, uh, if, if you need to transfer your church membership, if you need to come in sincere rededication of your life, this would be the time to do it. Follow, uh, pray with me this morning, and then we're going to stand and sing our hymn of invitation. Father, I pray this morning that as we've talked about the prepositions of Christmas, we've talked about the unsearchable riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, our wonderful Savior and Lord. Help us now to gather into ourselves these truths and to make a new commitment to you or to make the first commitment to you. And may this be the day of salvation and may this be the day of renewal as we look to you and trust you. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Would you